Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, welcome back to the RCL with Doug and Paula. We are so happy you're here and we're happy we're here, right? We are happy. (laughs) Yes. We're happy because, can I just, here, let me just, why are we happy? Because we just had a great meal. Want to give a shout? We should have a, here's our sponsor. We're going to find an air fryer sponsor. <laughs> Women, men love to barbecue. We saw a comedian the other day. It was great. He was in Texas. He liked to smoke meat. Yeah, yeah. What do, what, what's your husband good at? He's good at smoking meat. <laughs> and all the men start applauding and the women. Yeah. Well, if you don't have a grill, because we can't grill where we live, get an air fryer. Next best thing. And so I'm just a fanatic with the air fryer. So Yeah, so we're in a good mood. So we had a great meal it. and uh, those chicken breasts came out. And nice I'm glad because I didn't cook. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, our podcast today is not about cooking. <laughs> yeah. We have not deviated yeah. from And we our, don't have a sponsor. <laughs> no, no, we don't. But, you know. Just, That's funny, though. You know, what, what can you yeah. say? Uh, what we are going to talk today is what Jesus said about family. Yeah, this is an eye-opener an eye opener for us yeah. and it will be an eye opener where sure and you for know you we're also. big family people yes but we really want to look at what the scripture says about it our last couple of podcasts have been on parenting and how god parents us and how we parent and so we decided we would kind of do a deep dive into what does family look like in, yeah, in, in light scriptures. of what jesus says yeah yeah and coming from a middle eastern context where the scriptures were because we lived in the middle east oh oh yeah 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 that yeah. and we lived in the middle east we we get a pretty good uh feel about that we know a lot about it i think but it's really amazing because jesus was actually very counterculture yes in very. many ways yeah so let's just get right into it okay, i think that would be go. great and so um we're going to give you some things what Jesus clearly said. The first thing that what Jesus clearly said is that he affirmed marriage and children. Yeah. So yeah. when everything else you Even hear, though he was not married, nor did he have children, that yeah. is our theological part. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But, but why do we say that? Does it come from scripture? It does. It always comes from scripture. Yeah. Matthew 19, three and four say, some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And Jesus answered and said, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he goes on and says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. But therefore God has joined together. Let no man separate. It says in verse six. Yes. So Jesus was pro-marriage. He's quoting where marriage comes from, Genesis 1, mm. and he affirms it, and in Genesis 1, and it has the whole thing, be fruitful and multiply, so we know if he wants, that's what marriage is for, more marriage is primarily to be fruitful and multiply, it's not to have your needs met, it's <laughs> not, it's to represent Christ and his church, to become one, and then to prolific, prolificate, <laughs> have children. I don't know. To say yeah, there you go. To say have children, so. I know. And yeah. uh, and we we've applied this verse. Uh, <laughs> the prolificate. <laughs> yeah, part. we do. We wow. have four kids. We do. Yes, we do. And uh, all those kids are married. No divorce. Yeah. No divorce with us. No divorce in them. Twenty grandkids. 
and uh, we know how to apply Genesis 1. <laughs> we do. Yeah. yeah. So we want to say that because everything else you're going to hear is going to be very counterculture, even the stuff you hear in church. I bet most of us have not heard passages in years, uh, if ever in our life, on some of the verses we're going to read. Yeah. They're just not popular verses. We don't hear much about them, but they're in the Bible and they're words Jesus said. Yeah, which and, means we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, but in the context, first and foremost, but Jesus was pro-marriage mm-hmm. and pro-kids. Now, we often remember, Jesus was single. Mm-hmm. Paul recommended singleness. Mm-hmm. He says it's not wrong to marry. In fact, I love it. When people ask me about, you know, well, why do you want to get married and all that? I just said it was simple. It's better to marry than to burn. I like sex. And <laughs> God created it to do it in the marriage context. Yeah, and today, an people people don't really believe that. I think that's why we're seeing so much um, extra biblical sex uh, outside of marriage. Extra biblical sex. That, 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 that was cool. Wow. Yeah, that did make sense. We got to quote that yeah. one. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But that's why you see it. But that's why I recommend you. That's why you get But wait married. a minute. It is extra biblical. Yeah. Or it's actually anti-biblical. Biblical. Yes. To have sex yeah, outside, outside of marriage. Of, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's the first thing. Jesus is pro-marriage, but mm-hmm. the marriage isn't the end all. It's not like that's going to bring ultimate fulfillment. What's your favorite saying? Yes. You know, um, marriage won't bring fulfillment to an unfulfilled life. Yeah. You know, find peace and joy in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, let God, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of it. Because you. many people know that once they've said I do or whatever else happens in that yeah. case, it, it, it's a hard road. Marriage is not always an easy road. It's a great road, but it's not always easy. So when we talk about this, one of the first things that we see Jesus saying about, well, not maybe the first, but something that we're going to bring up is when he called for a supreme commitment to him above family. Yes. It's about Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And so he said some pretty radical things. Yeah. Can I read these two next verses? Yes. Um, One is in Matthew Ten, one is in Luke One's a little 14. softer than the other, even it though they're is. both conveying the same yeah, exactly. idea. Exactly. It's, it's interesting. It says in Matthew 10, 37, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Well, then the counter to that would be Luke. Not for, counter. Not counter. It, the way, because, okay, let me go off on a tangent. You're going to hear a different way it's being said in Luke. So did Jesus, did Luke get it wrong? Did Matthew get it right? No, Jesus taught this many times and he used different phrasings and different, and Luke recorded one phrase and Mark recorded another. But Luke's is a little more in your face. Yeah, thanks for that clarification because that's that's happened sometimes when we read the gospels and we see it presented a different way. Do we think that Jesus only taught one time a certain way? He didn't, so. Well, let me just go a little deeper. Well, no, go ahead and read it now. Nope, go for it. Well, if you listen to Matthew, he emphasizes the worthy. You know, he's not worthy of me, not worthy. And honor and worthiness in that the culture that G- Matthew was writing to, he's writing to the Jews. Mm. It's a very Jewish book. And the way he quotes from the Old Testament and how he starts it off, everything. And nobody disputes that. Anybody who's in scholarship knows that Matthew was a book written, a gospel written for the Jewish audience and that. So that's why he's using this worthy image. But Luke is writing to a Gentile audience, and um, it's a little more in your face. <laughs> yeah. It says in Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So if you've listened to our podcast in the past, 
we say this is one of the marks of discipleship, one of the spiritual tattoos or spiritual marks you put on your body for identifying you as a Christian. But a lot of people get hung up on that word hate. Yeah. Wait, I'm supposed to hate my father and mother. Yeah. If you most new Bibles have a footnote, mm. um, then it says there hate in the sense of being to compared, put above. To, yeah, to, in right. comparison. And yes. comparing your love for Jesus, it looks like you hate them. That you don't actually hate them in your heart, but you don't you don't hold them in the same position as Jesus. Yeah. So that's why I love to say that. And that's one of my first commi- first points I make is a supreme commitment. It's a supreme commitment to, to Jesus over family. Yeah. There's no, well, you know, I love my mom and I love my dad and I love Jesus. And I, no, no. <laughs> They're not in the same category. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's God, family, church, right? Yeah. It's really God up at the top. Yeah. Above all, and everything is underneath it. Yes, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, most people you do, do say God, family, church, and I actually say no, church, God, church, family, mm. because you're you could leave me. I'm not. There's no guarantee we're going to be married. In you're not years. getting rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't know. You don't know right. what your spouse is going to do. You don't know what your children are going to do. Yes. But you know what? The family of God. That's what you're going to be with for eternity. Mm-hmm. So. um that's why I'm big on church. Now we know the counterbalance of that. We know some of you grew up in that culture of you had to be at church every time it was open and you <laughs> resented it. You were sleeping on the pews. You were forced to, you know, that that's not putting God above family. That's putting, I mean, that's making church. How do I want to say that? It's not making church an idol. Making It's making church God. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the same as God. No, yeah, it isn't. Yeah, God has to be, well, anyways. <laughs> I'm getting myself in trouble on this one. <laughs> you are. Okay. Yeah. I'll try to rescue. Let's let's talk yeah. about how we apply this because I I have not find found many men that I've discipled and worked with and stuff who've actually could tell me how they've applied this verse hmm. or how they've seen That's it play out in their life. Wow. And maybe you know that doesn't mean go pick a fight with your spouse and say <laughs> I'm going to prove Jesus. I love Jesus more than you. That's not my point. Yeah. But let's just talk about us. Yeah. Well, I think for us, in in the sense of even um, the calling to the mission field, you know, was that that was that right that we took our kids out of what we took them out of and put them in a, a difficult situation? Did it turn out the best? You know, we've walked through this before in the sense of it was really hard. Yeah, we've had to it, talk to our kids as adults and the things they resented about it, the things that hurt them, the mm-hmm. things they failed that. Yeah, we felt like we failed them. Yeah, yeah, we have that. Yeah, exactly. But really, that's that's the wrong question. Like. It really is. All of these are the wrong questions. I mean, the right question is, were we obedient to what God had asked us to do? Yeah. Yeah. And we that left, was leave the, the right consequences question. to the Lord. And, yeah. you know, yeah, we could have left, stayed in the States, but would that have been better? Mm-hmm. Now, people always think, oh, it would have been better if we would have done this. If we would have been better. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Do you know for sure mm-hmm. it would have been better? But ultimately, you're going to have to stand before the Lord. We're going to have to stand before the Lord and say, and give an account, Second mm-hmm. Corinthians five ten for we must we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to give an account for what we did, right? And we believe God called us. Now we can't go to the Bible verse and says you know in you know Hebrews twelve four it says Doug and Paula lay go and forsake. Calling's always an interesting yeah. topic. Anyway, what yeah. what does that actually mean? Yeah. Um, we we actually were with a missionary who was on the field recently. And we were talking through this, and I loved it because we, we all agreed, like, it's not about neglect. You don't neglect the hard call that God's given you if he's given you a family and kids when you go on the field. But the other side of it is 
just because something is hard doesn't mean it's bad. Yes, exactly. And Nobody, I love that saying. No, I think it was, I I don't know. I'm sure thousands of people have said it. I think of Joseph Cummings, a missionary. Is his name Joseph? Something Cummings. A missionary with Wycliffe for years and he, nobody did anything great for the Lord who uh, did not suffer. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a difference when you decide to take the hard road. Yeah. But we've seen where family can be an idol, and we saw that when we lived. That's where Jesus, in the context he's talking about, in the Jewish context, the Middle Eastern context, where yes. family is everything. Yes. Everything. And that's yes. at, it's to that day. I mean, yeah. we know people who families have literally tried to kill their children because they became Christians. Right. And right. Yes. You and if we want to broaden that out, we look at Buddhism. Yeah. You know, or Hinduism, where the ancestor worship is so strong and rather bizarre. I'll say that honestly. If you've ever looked into those, if you think those are, are religions of peace, they are not. You know, the strongholds that are yeah, there. yeah. And so we see that where that that idol exists for people coming to to Christ, coming to faith when they actually will put their family before coming to Jesus. And we've seen it many always, times. I always say the Egyptian pastor who said to me one time, why do you try to convert Muslims? Why would you make their parents sad? Mm, like, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm not trying to make them sad. I'm trying to make the Lord in heaven happy. You know, the <laughs> angels rejoicing, that kind of thing, and let them find eternal life. Right. But we understand the cost. In those contexts, to come, and Jesus knew yeah, that. That's what that he was, was saying. The context. Yeah, it was going to cost them to follow him. Yeah, because coming out of Judaism yeah. to being to knowing Jesus, that was a big thing, wasn't yeah, it? Exactly. Well, and here we see it, I think, but here it's more in the living for Christ, not coming to Christ. Yeah. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I would say in the East, uh, you see family as idol and coming to Christ. They won't come to follow Jesus because they don't want to disappoint mom or dad, or they mm-hmm. don't want to shame the family. That's or a lose huge their thing. Community, yeah, those things. Um, but here, West, we'll, uh, I move like I, we put our. I'll just say this: controversial. This is controversial in so many countries. The idea of nursing homes is so foreign. Oh, the idea yeah. of moving away from your parents is so foreign. You. Uh, in the West, we do that left and right. So, oh, yeah. no, I'm going to accept Jesus. My mom and dad don't like it too bad, you know, just like they didn't like when I dyed my hair or got a piercing. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'll do my own thing. That's a Western mentality. So I don't think that's the biggest stumbling block. Yeah. The bigger stumbling block is living for Christ. Yeah. 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 Being counterculture. Yeah. And how you're choosing to live yeah. or what that looks like. I, I remember when you were in the pastorate and we would host Thanksgiving dinners. We had a house and we would open up Thanksgiving for the people at church who didn't have a place to go. And we loved that. You know, some yeah. of our older people didn't have family around different things. And that was a little hard on our family. Do you remember yeah. that? They yeah. our extended family. Oh, they yeah. didn't really like that real well. Yeah. But we had said, Hey, like, this is what we believe yeah. that Jesus would have done, and so that's what we're going to do. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I want right, to bring so. up another point in that, too. I think uh, I want to challenge people listening to this. What is the percentage of time that you spend with your extended family mm. in the sense of not including others or yeah. not reaching out to the lost? Has has that become an idol? Well, yeah, the whole year, is your family just a holy huddle? And yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's... That's something you have to take serious. Jesus yeah. was very clear that you cannot put family above him. Yeah. I, we know family, f- 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 how many families do you know won't serve in church? I mean, yeah, they won't serve the church. They yeah. won't minister and they can't have a Bible study. They can't go to because my kids are in sports or I've got to do mm-hmm. this or I got to do that. And yeah. yeah, the danger of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how you apply it, we don't want to be legalists. You know, this is how you apply it. <laughs> but do you apply it yeah. is the bigger question. Do you put so. Jesus first? Well, yeah. if you think that was easy, let's go on. <laughs> They don't get any easier. Yeah. We're just warning you. Yeah, yeah, these these are these are some of the hard sayings of Jesus, yes. aren't they? Yeah. We we love the happy clappy Jesus. These yeah. things are like Oh, I come to give you life and come to give it abundantly. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah. If you don't yeah. hate your father and mother, wife or children, brothers, sisters. Oh, wait a second. Did I sign up for this? Yeah. yeah if you're a follower yeah. of Jesus, you did. Yeah. 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 Um these these verses come out of Matthew 10. Well, wait, so what's the point? Oh, I didn't say did I? <laughs> I'm sorry. I got so caught up in that. Jesus said that he will divide families. Yeah. I that, Wow, that's hard. Let's just let Jesus speak right here. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. Matthew 10, starting in 21. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. Let's just let that hang there for a second. I did not come to bring peace on earth, but a sword. And then he puts it in the context, a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. This is a tough passage. Yeah. This is a... This is not all, I haven't seen this all over YouTube. <laughs> all the guys yeah. preaching this, you know, all the popular preachers, they got their sneakers, preachers, sneakers, <laughs> and uh, the sword that Jesus came to bring. And mm. um, that that's it. You know, we we have to realize that. And you're, there's probably going to be times in your family you're going to have to apply this mm. and yeah. realize this. Well, what does that look like practically, Doug? Well, why don't you tell us? I mean, you've had to deal with it in your family. Uh, yeah, well... In some cases, we don't actually get together with certain members of our extended family. No. We're not unkind. We're not, uh, we're never unkind. Mm -hmm. But we realize that like some of these are, are a toxic relationship. So what I mean by that, you know, maybe they're word of death speakers. And yeah. so we limit our time. You know, yeah. I think about that illustration. And if you've never heard this, it's pretty famous. But, you know, when you're standing up on a chair, is it easier to pull up somebody to stand with you? Or is it, e is it easier for them to pull you down? Yeah. You know, it's that component of, I think, sometimes we think we have to do that as family. You don't. Yeah. We want to be, we want to honor our ex family and extended family and stuff. But we'll be a little autobiographical. Let's be careful because we don't want to be slanders and yeah. gossips and stuff. But yeah. But we've both, in both our sides of our family, we've had to make choices. And there's two two ways you want to look at this. Well, there's many ways you want to look at it. There's two ways <laughs> we've looked at it. And this is all we're trying to do is help you think and how to apply God's word into your life. But we've limited some of the toxic relationships with non-believers in our family. Mm -hmm. Because the words of death, just uh, it just wasn't a healthy environment for our kids. Mm -hmm. And even now talking to our kids who are older, and some of them that we didn't protect them from, and they're like the words of death that were spoken over them or mm -hmm. things that have happened, and, you know, just bad environments. And it's yeah. like, hmm, hmm. Why, why just because they're family do I have to go and hang out with pagans who are literally bringing negativity all around? Mm -hmm. I'd rather be with the body of Christ that's building up, unless I'm there to witness. But you know how that usually is with family. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, you're getting pulled down, you're getting into family fights yeah. instead of it's being that the illustration, light. Isn't it? Now, if you can yeah. be the light and that's why you're going, and that's yeah. your motivation, praise God. That's what we're saying. But there mm -hmm. are times where you can't or you shouldn't. Right. 
The other ones we've had to is are ones who call themselves Christians are living a, a lifestyle that's contrary to the word of God. Yeah. That's one's a little harder because the Bible's pretty clear about church discipline. Mm. If you don't know what I'm talking about, read Matthew 18 or 1 Corinthians 5 and see what Paul says. He, Paul says, and Jesus said, you don't even eat with them. You treat them like tax, tax collectors and, and sinners mm. and some pretty harsh words there. And so we've had to ha- separate ourselves mm-hmm. because that's not how the body of Christ lives. And so for us to say, oh, yeah, it's okay, just because you're family members, you can go ahead and live in your sin, and we're not going to say anything about it. And it's caused some rifts. Mm-hmm. It's caused some pain. And mm-hmm. we don't like it. But but what, But when does this verse apply? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think, praise God, none of our children have come up with swords and tried to cut our heads off. <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, you want to take it to the extreme? Is that what Jesus meant? No, mm. I think he meant there's going to be these conflicts and who mm. are you going to choose and why are you choosing what you're choosing? Yeah. Some some people, it's peace at all costs. Yes. I'll compromise my values yes. and everything because I want to keep peace in the family. Right, mm. right. Jesus said. No. <laughs> yeah. Peace at all costs is not peace. Yeah. So, Yeah. Well, and then our next point in this would be that Jesus said his followers are his new family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he made he made that really clear as he hung on the cross. Yeah. Didn't he? And in Luke eight twenty one, he answered and Well, this is this is Luke, there's a crowd. Let me set the oh, context. Yeah. Sorry. There's a crowd around him and then his mother and his brothers come to the door. If you're Catholic, it was his cousins because they can't stand the thought that the Bible actually says his brothers. And, <laughs> but they uh, actually were his brothers. Yeah. Would have been his stepbrothers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I stumped you. Yeah, didn't I guess I? so. Yeah. 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 Same mother, different, different father. father. <laughs> 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 Touche. <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. yeah. And so this is how Jesus replied when they said, uh, Hey, your mother and your brothers are here. And he said in answer to them, my mother, I'm sorry, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Yeah. So he didn't acknowledge him. He acknowledged those and said, these are my true mother and brothers. Yeah. 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 Well, let me ask you something. This is totally off the wall. But at that point, his brothers weren't followers of him. No, I don't no, think they so. came to faith in Jesus. That's all. That sounds so yeah, weird. James, about that. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. James. Went later after his death yeah. and his resurrection. So, in well, that, I don't know. I don't. Uh, okay. I don't know exactly when they came to faith mm. where that. Okay. So you're sounding dogmatic. You know that? No, I don't. Okay, I don't know either. So we might be dogmatic. I'm being extra biblical. Well, <laughs> but no, your point is good. They were doubting him because it says yeah. about every, they were doubting him. And of course they all turned away at the end. Right. Yeah, and you know that's a funny conversation. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, really. Who's your brother? Oh, my I brother's a doctor. Awful. Oh yeah, mine's a lawyer. Oh mine's a son of God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you must be the son of God if talking, you can ultimately convince talk your brother about sibling rivalry. Yeah. Probably yeah. caused yeah. some issues yeah. right there. Okay. But the, okay, getting back in all seriousness, the point was he was saying it's it's not who is my blood. Yeah. My blood relative. It's the one who does the will. Yeah. Same context as you see there in Luke 11, 27 to 28. While Jesus was saying these things, one of the women in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and breast that which moved you, which at which you nursed. But he said, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Mm. That's what's important. Yeah. That's why, um, well, let's go on to the next point because I think it fits in with this point. Okay. Well, well, Jesus said those who forsook family for him will get a new family. Yeah. And that comes out of Mark 10, end of the chapter 29. Yeah, I love this 30. passage. This is a great passage Should to I go ahead and meditate and read it? on. Yes, I'll let you read right. it, but I want to tell them to meditate on it while you're reading it. Okay. 
Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. We know a little bit about this because we did forsake our family in a sense. We left, we had a homestead. We had a house in the National Park. We had, you know, the Grape Arbor and Apple Orchard. It was part of our calling, but we gave it up. And we knew moving overseas, there was going to be no family home to come back to. Mm. That our kids were probably going to be more. We did count that cost. Yes, we We did. did. And and that's what happened. Uh, But in the meantime, God has provided and he's provided other spiritual children for us. He's provided spiritual fathers and mothers for our children, mm-hmm. people who've mentored them and encouraged them. Mm-hmm. And so God is faithful to his word. And this is a great passage. It says that God does provide not only here, but also in the age to come. Yeah, yeah. And so when we look at the fact of even like not seeing our grandchildren, all of our grandchildren live away from us, and that that's a cost. And it's also a cost that our parents, that your mom and I, who were both widows at that time, they they understood yeah. it. Yeah, it was I hard. Remember, it was hard. I do remember your mom, like real, and my mom too, but really struggling with them, being a little vocal yeah. about it. You're going to take our grandkids away because our family was really, really close and we yeah. love them. But they came around and were, and, and really were, hey, if this is what God has called you to, we're not going to stand against this. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that says a lot about their own spirituality. Yeah, it, it, it does. I want to give a little shout out in case one of our kids do listen to this. The other day, uh, our son PCS'd, if you know what that means, you're <laughs> military, and they moved to Hawaii, and they were here for the last couple of weeks with us and living with us, and they got six kids, and it was just literally, I, I always joked her. I was joking with our friends. Our house looked like a refugee camp. I mean, <laughs> kids sleeping everywhere. We don't have it a, was a wild. large place. Yeah, it was wild. It was great. It was, yeah. yeah, fun and stuff. And when they left, I came home to an empty house, and, and I almost cried. I wanted to cry so bad. I was so sad. But I, so I told my kids to hear that. I'm still stunned. In my, I, I just don't cry. That, that fluid doesn't come out of my ear, eyes too easy. But, but it was sad. It was not, I literally had, this is part of the cost. And it's still to this day, we and God is not. Now, we could in our human form, in our human ways, we could probably manipulate to try and move to one of our kids and do something so it's about our kids instead of the calling of God in all our lives. Mm-hmm. Or try and guilt the kids to come and live with us. You know, those parents who do mm-hmm. that and guilt the kids and not let them go follow their calling from God. No, no. You you have to be willing. And God says he'll take care of it. Yes. It's his business to worry about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we had some about And I think it's really important that we recognize that like in in times of crisis, I see this again and again, where the church rises up and it meets the need. We see this all the time at church, people who aren't close to their family, and they're at church every Sunday, and the church body meets that need for them. Yeah, And I think about that, you know, we have friends who serve on the African continent, and they have a great ministry to widows who these women who, and we're talking 80, 90 year olds, like old women hardened by that culture and that environment and their families has forsaken them. And some of their families are alive. 
like their sons and their daughters. And yet they, if you saw what they lived in, like these little huts of twigs and our friends are doing an incredible ministry of reaching out and and building small places out of cement that they can live in that provide shelter and those things. The church rises up. Yeah. That would be a great. I love that. I love that. That's a great application of that. Okay, so let's get to the last point, which isn't actually an application, but these, I mean, these are applications. It's not a point like the others we made points, but this is the application of of showing what Jesus meant by those other phrases. And it comes out of Luke 9. This is a great passage on discipleship where three, Jesus encounters three different people. The first one is the person who comes up to him, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Ooh, let's go. And Jesus looks at him and goes, the the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the son of man has no way to lay his head. Mm. So that's the first one. doesn't really relate to our, what we're talking about, but it's still a great passage. Like if you want to follow Jesus, don't think of it as comfort. Mm. Unfortunately, sometimes in the church, it's looked at as comfortable. No, mm. people who do great things for the Lord uh, understand Second Timothy 3.12. Indeed, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Mm. The Christian life is not that easy. Yeah. But he goes on to talk about two people that have to deal with families. So why don't we read these passages and we'll, we'll discuss them. Okay. I'm in Luke 9, 59 through 62. And he said to another person, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me to go first and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Okay, stop there. I, can I go and bury my parents? Now, that means the parents weren't dead yet, so that, that's part of it. Jesus wasn't saying, no, you can't go to the funeral. Yeah. But Jesus was saying, wait a second. Basically, they were saying, wait till my parents, parents yeah. wait till my Let father me, dies. Can I put my parents above your calling? Yeah. And Jesus says, no, let the dead bury the dead. That Now, there's all sorts of ways to interpret that. Mm. And people are always trying to soften Jesus' <laughs> words. I don't. I'm like, yeah. eh, what's your priority? Go where life is, spreading the gospel and seeing people come to Christ as life. Mm. Just going and waiting for your parents to die. Just that, that's death. Yeah. That's what, uh, wow. so yeah, that was a pretty tough one, but that doesn't, wasn't shocking enough. Yeah. The next one's not much better. <laughs> Another one also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. When you have a call, you can't, you can't deviate from it. When Jesus calls and says, come come follow him, you have to do it. That's what we mean by the call. And yeah. that's between you and the Lord. But if he's given you a call in your life, that you can't look back. You yeah. can't put family above. So yeah. So these are just some passages we want you to listen to. The, yeah. We know these aren't easy. They weren't easy for us. But um, I just want to end with this. I love this illustration. just came to me recently, actually, about the peripheral vision. I actually have really good peripheral vision. It helped me when I was a point guard and basketball, and I could look, and, and uh, I could see things out of the sides and see what was going on. Even now when we drive, you're yeah. so good at that. Yeah, <laughs> You yeah, see things coming. Um, but so here's how I apply it spiritually. I don't look at my family, okay? I look at Jesus. I see my wife and my kids out of my peripheral vision, but my, they're not my focus. But because of this, Jesus keeps them in my line of sight. That's how I like to think mm. of it. Don't look at your family because then Jesus is going to be on the peripheral mm. and he doesn't do well there. <laughs> he wants to be in the focus. That's what he's called us to, to focus on him. And when you do that, he'll keep our families in sight. He sees yes. our hearts. He knows our desires. But what you don't want to do is lose sight of your kids. 
You don't want to lose sight of your wife or your husband. Mm -hmm. You don't want to lose sight of your parents. But don't focus on them. Mm -hmm. Focus on Jesus and keep them in your peripheral. Mm -hmm. That's the illustration. That. So here, I'm going to so I'm going to shock you. I'm going to see if you re remember this. Can you read this? See where this came yeah. from. You read that italics, the thing that's in yeah. italics. But there's a call. It's D-Day. We have a mission. We are going to a land of hurt, poverty, and pain. We must shine his light through us. We have counted the cost. <laughs> the die has been cast. There's no turning back. We have we have burned the ships. To God be the glory through Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> you guys can't see this. I caught my wife off guard. I, I put that in there, our notes. and She didn't know it was coming. Do you remember that? We were on an airplane, and TWA is not even in existence anymore. Getting ready to fly to the Middle East with our kids, we walked down the jetway, and our best, some of our best friends are just goodbye lays, and we knew that was it. We were, our lives were going to be different. It was never going to be the same. Doesn't mean we weren't ever going to come back or anything, but we just knew things were going to be different, and it was, and it was hard. Our kids still will tell us, and we still have processing times with them about the scars they bear, the things we bear, the failures we made being overseas, and failures as parents trying to adjust to a culture and focusing a little bit more on that than our kids and all, and feeling at times like a failure. And always, every other day, I'm like, I'm taking my book off the shelf, you know, the perfect <laughs> parent, but it's not about us, it's about God, and that's why the book's still on the shelf, because we're not the perfect parent, he is. But you know why you do it? Because our focus was on Jesus. Mm. And that little note that we wrote on that airplane as we were going, um, then we got a note back just recently from one of our kids. And we'll yeah. just close. This is why. You're going to have to read it because okay. I can't. That was cruel, by the sorry, way. <laughs> sorry. I haven't seen that in a lot of years. Yeah, I had it, kept it. So what we want to show you, we're not bragging on ourselves. And we're not saying, but we're saying God, we're bragging on God. He's faithful. And we've taken these passages seriously. And we want you to also, because we know they're not being taught a lot out there. People don't like the hard words of Jesus, but they're his true words, and they're good words, and they're words that will change you, which can change the trajectory of your family and can set you on a legacy, set a legacy in your family that you never thought possible if you don't make it about legacy, if you don't make it about your wife or your husband, if you don't make it about your children, but you make it about Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean neglect them and forsake them. I shouldn't even have to say that. But some there are some Christians who have been horrible husbands. And I mean, we know, I can tell you, tons of husbands who are terrible fathers and husbands, men, that they love Jesus, but they use Jesus as an excuse to neglect their family. That's not right either. So, radical middle, radical middle. But to just get this from our son recently. When I think of legacy, I think of spiritual legacy, which is, to me, keeping God on the throne over your family. As for me and my house, us kids always knew you love God more than us, more than each other. God leads us. God led you and mom, and that is the best gift you can give us. Sorry. God leads you and mom, and that is the best gift you can give your children's children. Every gift you give them, it's the spirit behind that gift that has the power. You get out of, give out of generosity and love. Others give out of guilt and contractually. You guys serve us and help us out of care and godly charity, others out of humanism and their own sense of good feeling. Thank you for leaving such a legacy. I will do the same for my grandkids. That's why you live the radical Christian life, and you radically obey the tough words of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. 
I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.